Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of an Evolved Review. We actually have a really special one for you here today, but before I get ahead of myself, I'm your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and I'm joined each and every week here from the Stovall Wrestling Network. Caleb Stovall, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's going on, man? How's it going? It is a going. Uh, we are still in quarantine land, but it looks like we, you know, it might <laughs> let up at some point uh, in the future. Uh, yeah, it's starting to, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, man, and uh, you know it, it's it's been good, and you know we've been able to cover a lot of dark side of the ring in that time. So tonight, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about what might be in the future for Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, we're not done covering uh, season one and two episodes, so that's you know that's still going. Uh, we did we did say on the previous broadcast that we're not going to cover all of them if we don't think that there's anything for us to really do an episode about or talk about, then, then we won't cover the episode. We're not going to waste your time or ours. Uh, but today we have something really special. We're going to talk about predictions for what might be on dark side of the ring season three. So, yeah, yeah. We heard that, uh, they, they finally got picked up, uh, for another season and stuff like that. Cause uh, vice was very, uh, impressed by the numbers and the viewers that they got for uh, season two, which I don't think that Vice going into it thought that thought that this would become as big as it did. Kind right. Of thing. It's it's become the most watched program, and really uh, to the point that Vice has started investing more into this, and they're going to look to sort of do sort of kind of like spinoffs of this. I don't know exactly how that's going to manifest, but we'll see what they come up with. I'm definitely excited to see what they come up with. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I, like I said, I've been a fan of the show and the way that they do things. Like I love how you have, you know, the actual footage and then you have like the reenactment footage of it and stuff like that, especially during, uh, you know, we covered the new Jack episode last week and, uh, the scene at the end with the guy with the cocaine all over his face. <laughs> that yeah. one was Right. Best ending to, I mean, it's between that and Herb Abrams and they both involve cocaine somehow. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, so, so before we, we dig into it, so we, we have, we got together earlier this week and we, we ironed out the 10 that we want to talk about. Uh, so these aren't going to be in any particular order because there's one towards the end that I think is a definite. Uh, so they're not in any particular order, but you know, there's a couple things that we're going to talk about in relation to the, to each one, uh, such as, you know, how famous is the person, uh, you know, how likely is it to, to draw like mass appeal to the episode? People want to know more about them. Um, you know, can the right people speak on it? Uh, and this means, you know, are they alive? Will, do they work for WWE? Because we've, uh, history has told us, even though they've never come out with an official policy on this history has told us if you're currently employed by WWE, then that's a no go for dark side of the ring. Most likely. Um, is there enough material for them to do a full episode about this person? Um, is there more information to uncover? Is there, are there things behind the scenes that haven't been explored or that we don't know about? Uh, and, and, you know, just kind of how likely is, is it that vice would do an episode about this particular person or topic? So that, that's how we looked at these. Once again, they're not in any particular order. Um, and then at the end, we're going to kind of speculate on some stuff that they may or may not do, or, you know, just kind of honorable mentions. Um, before we get into the list though, uh, you know, this is something that just popped into my head dur during the pre-show. Uh, what, um, 
who do you think that they'll get to narrate it? Because we've seen Dutch Mantel in season one. We've seen a, a, one episode uh, narrated by Mick Foley, which was the really special Bernie, uh, Bridge of Birdie episode. And then Chris Jericho narrated uh, season two. So um, what are your thoughts on a narrator for season three? Well, if I was a betting man, I would say the safe bet would be that they will probably go with Jericho for um, a lot of them again. Um, but I could definitely see uh, Mick Foley making uh, an appearance to do another one. Um, I thought about this one. How, how about this one for a narrator? Arn Anderson. Oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about him. I thought about Jake. Um, and we're going to talk about Jake a little bit more later. Uh, spoilers, he's not on the main list, but we are going to talk about him. Uh, he's, he's a great talker. He's an amazing talker, and he's got a great story. So uh, he he would be one. Um, hell, uh, you know, uh, if they could swing it, Jonathan Coachman would be a great narrator. But I think he has a yeah, deal with WWE would. right now. I'm not sure. I th- want to say they have some sort of thing going, but if not, then I think Coachman would be an amazing narrator. You know, he was recently released by WWE, so they could use this guy uh, as one of them, and that would be uh, Nigel McGinnis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's I didn't got a think great, about that. He's got a great speaking voice. In fact, you know, if they wanted to, they could probably get Nick Aldis to do some. Oh, yeah. 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 Hopefully he never sees this, but Nick Aldis bores me to death in the ring. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't, hopefully he doesn't watch this show. Um, so yeah, man, let, let's, let's get into it. So, uh, you know, number one on the list, this is somebody that, uh, we both, uh, agreed should be very high on the list. And that is Joni Lawrer or China. Um, you know, this is probably, I think, out of the out of the people on this list, this is definitely the the most famous uh, one, just because of her multiple uh, championship reigns. Uh, she was the Intercontinental Champion. Her uh, on screen, uh, you know, kind of uh, feud and relationship with Eddie Guerrero. Um, you know, just her prominent role in the Attitude Era in general. Uh, being in DX, uh, all of the tragedy with her and Stephanie and Triple H in this sort of violent love triangle that she got the worst end of, uh, and mm-hmm. then her tragic and untimely death, uh, unfortunately, I think makes her, uh, unfortunately, and I'm going to say that a lot tonight, uh, unfortunately makes her a, a, a target uh, for, a, for a, you know, she's prime material for a Dark Side of the Ring episode. Yeah, in fact, I'm pretty sure uh, that that the producers themselves, um, they've already started discussing and throwing out some ideas as well. And uh, that's that's been like number one almost um, with them is is to do an episode on her. So that one I can definitely see Um, not just her, you know, stuff with Triple H and and Stephanie, but also remember X-Pac, Sean Waltman was involved in, in, in that as well, that they had a relationship. Um, in fact, I think him getting with her was one of the things that like drove a wedge between him and Triple H for a little bit. Agreed. And then, you know, you've got a lot uh, there that, I mean, uh, they could probably get him to come on and speak, I, I think, mm-hmm. as far as being able to get the right people. There's a lot of people, like, they could get Billy Gunn. I mean, he was close to that situation. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, so, I mean, they could, uh, you know, they could get a lot of people that were close to, to, to her and close to that situation to come on and speak about it. Um, you know, I think Jim Ross probably has some interesting notes or comments on oh, it. Since, I mean, he was head of talent relations, so he had a, some level of a relationship with everybody in, you know, that was talent wise at the time. Right. Um, and I mean, they've got to mention the one night in China tape. I mean, that has to come up. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's definitely going to come up. And here's, here's the thing. She's not only, she's a big prime candidate for it because, you know, her involvement in wrestling cannot be overlooked. Like, like right. if, if you think about it today, there would not even be a talk of a women's revolution in wrestling had it not been for china i mean her character the way that she presented herself you know it it was so different from any other female athlete uh that had been you know done before and um she would especially like the way that she came in you know kind of thing uh with triple h you know being a bodyguard and you know (laughs) i love uh sean michaels uh when you know discussing that with mcmahon he's like that doesn't make any sense. He's protected by a woman. And they're like, that's the point. He's protected by a woman. And he's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, would, like a, would be, a Charlotte Flair or a Shayna Baszler would definitely not exist without China's no. influence. Or would not at least have the attitude of right. women and stuff like that uh you know she and we've even heard jim Cornette uh and and several others um talk about her and they said that like you know well the wrestling business you know pretty much killed um joni lawler so i uh, you know so there's a lot of stuff to uncover with that so yeah i think she would be you know top candidate for uh an episode yeah and i mean you know there was a lot I and you know I it, it really makes me sick seeing Stephanie McMahon out there like taking credit for like everything that happens in women's wrestling now and uh yeah I mean you know it she was cremated but if she hadn't been she'd probably be rolling over in her grave every time that happens um yeah. but yeah I mean some shit would come out in that that's one of those episodes where I would be glued to the screen wanting to hear you know, the, the tea as it, as it is from backstage, uh, surrounding that whole situation. I think a lot of people would, and, you know, people love a, a love triangle. Um, and unfortunately they really love it when it turns out horribly. Yeah. So. <laughs> unfortunately it's the ultimate real life soap opera, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to number two. I, I think China is incredibly likely uh, to be an episode, I would be shocked. Like, out of everyone on our list, if it's not her, like, if she doesn't get an episode, I would be truly shocked. At pretty much all the other ones, I, I would say, eh, you know, okay. But for her, I, I just, I think that it, she would be a highlight of season three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so number two on our list is someone who is still living, fortunately, and that is the one and only Perry Saturn. This was actually one that you suggested, so I'll let you lead in with it. Yeah, I, so I have been hearing, you, you know, I listen to uh, Conrad's uh, podcast all the time, something to wrestle with 83 weeks. And um, a lot of them, 
especially what happened when, whenever they go back and watch old WCW footages, they, um, the, the, when they look at um, stuff that involves Saturn, they're always like, yeah, he has a GoFundMe page now. You know, he, he has all of these health problems and stuff like that. And I would, I said that he would be a top candidate because if you look at his career, you know, his injuries probably speak for itself. You know, he's had a bunch of concussions and stuff like that, especially wrestling when he first started in ECW of all places. So, you know, he had to have, you know, multiple concussions from that. Um, you know, he didn't have the best time in WCW and in WWE, you know, he was made to love a mop. So, <laughs> you know, um, I think like his story pretty much speaks for itself uh, and stuff like that. So that's why I suggested uh, him because I, I feel as though there's probably a good bit of material with him to, uh, to unravel. There, there's a lot. I mean, um, there was a 2001 incident where he attacked uh, a jobber, uh, Mike Bell, uh, during an episode of, I think it was Jacked, WWF Jacked or whatever it was at the time but yeah uh, i remember reading about this a while back so they the it was a jobber and he had done like a, a snapmare and saturn landed on his head and i guess like the guy he either either mike bell messed up the move or saturn perceived that he messed up the move and so saturn just like beat his ass like <laughs> right then and there tossed him yeah. out of the ring the dude landed on his head outside of the ring uh and it was a whole big deal um so that's good that's almost like a new jack type you know situation um and there was no serious injuries but they, they definitely would have a lot of material uh on him from wcw which i think the way he was presented in wcw in the flock in the revolution and all that stuff and i mean he feuded with guerrero ernest miller jericho all these guys and then you see the way he was presented in WWF. I mean, it, it it was completely different ultimately. And I don't know if maybe they thought that he just wasn't clicking uh, or what. But this is this is definitely another instance where WWF just decided, hey, we don't have a stake in this person anymore, and they're gonna fall by the wayside. Yeah, and well, also you know you also forget that in WCW he was made to wear a dress. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So, I mean, it, it's just, I, I, that, that's why I said him because I feel as though there's going to be a lot of stuff because, because, you know, they will probably go in there with like this guy, you know, he, he, he had the look. I mean, you know, if you look at his in ring work, I mean, he's vicious, you know, kind of thing. Like he, he looks like he, he looked like he could kill you in the ring and stuff like that. Well, for whatever reason, no one thought to, you know, push him to the moon uh, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think that the, I think that he's definitely uh, one that one that they could do. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get, you know, an episode like I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, say China, if, if she if she didn't get an episode, then I would be shocked. But Saturn, yeah, he's one of those. But I could I, I could definitely see them talking about it, though. Well, and the other thing about Saturn too is, you know, he is still alive. Uh, he's he's, you know, um, I, I'm not sure what his like health condition is or whatever. Um, you know, that's definitely somebody that could cover he's later. Not good, from what I understand. 
Yeah, it's definitely somebody they could cover later if they needed to. Um, you know, but it's like if you're gonna get one of these episodes, uh, he probably would rather be alive for it. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's. I guess if you're still alive, it's probably an honor to have a Dark Side of the Ring episode to an extent. Um, but if Depends not. On what they say about you. <laughs> right. I mean, and, you know, this is definitely one that they would get Jericho on for. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was um, it was Benoit, uh, Malenko, Saturn, and Guerrero that came over kind of as the, the, the four from WCW. Jericho was separate. But out of those four, I mean. Malenko, you know, couldn't continue in the ring anymore. So, you know, for health concerns. Otherwise, I would hope they would have done something great with him because Malenko is amazing. Uh, But, you know, Saturn's definitely got the the worst end of that stick. I mean, and it's hard to blame them because look at the other three guys. You know, you weren't going to, I mean, you know, you weren't going to, not push Benoit. You weren't going to not push Guerrero. And had Malenko been in good shape and been able to keep going, I mean, the bell to bell, uh, there there was very few people who could could go with Dean Malenko. So yeah, oh, I mean, I've often wondered real quick if I could on Malenko. I've often wondered like if he could you know still go at that rate at that time. You know, if they had just polished up his mic skills. Because if you listen to this guy in interviews, he is one of the funniest people I've ever heard in interviews. And you're just like, this is not at all the guy that you saw in front of the camera. And like everyone in the industry says that, like, like, they're just like, how is this guy like have no personality in front of the camera? But when the camera's off, this guy's like just a hoot, basically. Yeah. And I mean, you know it that but the the thing about it you know in wcw they gave him that Iceman gimmick and Mm -hmm. it worked i mean it was believable this guy came to the ring and it was like you know it was almost like harley races persona to the extent that he was there to kick your ass and that's what he was gonna that's what he was gonna do unless you stopped him yeah and and he was believable you know uh, uh uh james drake you know is somebody who's similar um you know. This is very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, when when they it's come through the curtain, <laughs> yeah, when they come through the curtain, they can they can you know uh, project that, and that's 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 kind of a lost art in wrestling. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as Perry Saturn, they definitely can get the right people. He definitely has the the amount of fame and the career to fill out an episode. So, uh, I definitely would be interested in watching one about him. Yeah. I um, think so. Number three on our list. This guy is going to get an episode, whether it's this season or not. Uh, but I would be pretty shocked if he did not get an episode soon. Uh, season three or four, probably. And that is Brian Pillman, senior, for oh, the yeah. record. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the things that I immediately mentioned about Brian Pillman uh, was that, you know, Brian Pillman Jr., um, who is um, his son, uh, and is uh, currently wrestling uh, on the indie, indie scene. Uh, he works with MLW, um, you know, rising star in the wrestling business. Um, you know, they could get him on for an episode, not only to, uh, you know, it, which would definitely enhance his profile in the wrestling business, 
from him being on an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Um, but also, you know, he has a lot of insight into the situation. Uh, it would be great to hear from him about this. Um, hell, they could get Steve Austin, uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, would, yeah. I would lose it. <laughs> uh, th- that would be amazing if they could get Steve Austin. Uh, yeah, what if they could get him to narrate it? That How did neither one of us say per, say that for a narrator? I would love, man, if they got Steve Austin to narrate. I just thought of that, too. I was just like, wow, he could really narrate the whole thing, actually. I mean, he has an absolute – I mean, it, oh, it's Steve Austin. I got I got chills thinking about how amazing that would be. Um, right. But, uh, you know, uh, so Brian Pillman, uh, you know, he died back in 97. Uh, it, so it's definitely – uh, you know, it's been a little while, but he's definitely somebody that people remember that people still talk about, um, you know, and then there was the famous, uh, Pillman's got a gun, uh, segment, which will go down in history. Um, you know, and he was part of the heart foundation, uh, for a little while. I mean, you know, he was really close with the heart family, which they've already covered a lot of the sort of tragedy uh, around that family. Um, so then, so, basically, you would probably have Bret Hart in that episode. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Uh, and you know, we know that he's willing to do it, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that he's definitely right for an, an episode, and um, you know, uh, he has the the tragic death story. Um, you know, died of a heart attack in his hotel room. Uh, yeah. like a lot of wrestlers back then and and you know th- but it's not just that there's also a lot of stuff that he faced throughout his career that could be a lot of meat on the bone for this story um you know he was in that terrible motorcycle accident that shattered his ankle and bruce pritchard has even said it um, and a lot of other people said it that like after he had his ankle shattered and was not able to be the Brian Pillman that he once was, you know, at least bell to bell, it changed him and it changed him in a, you know, a very negative way kind of thing. Like, like he just, he wasn't the same basically. So they could talk about that. They could talk about all of the frustrations that he had to deal with in WCW um, some of the frustrations leading into W. Well, I don't know how much frustrations he um, he had in WWE, but one of the things they could probably do, which they tend to do a lot, is they could tie certain storylines to that. Um, you remember, like, his last storyline, which is sad if you really think about it, is he was messing with Goldust's wife, Terry Runnels at the time. You know, they, they were involved in this feud, and the stipulation was if he won, he would take Marlena for 30 days, basically, kind of thing. And I was like, ooh, that's the last storyline that he was involved in. Not, you know, he won the title at this thing, or, you know, he triumphed over this thing. That's his final storyline. So it's like, ooh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tragedy there. Um, in uh, you know, in uh, 2008, uh, his adopted daughter died in a car accident as well, and she she wrestled under um, the name Lexi Pillman, Sexy Lexi Pillman. 
So, oh, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, she died in a car accident in 2008, man. So, uh, I would love to hear Pillman Jr. come on and talk about that. Um, and he's such a professional and such a nice guy. Uh, so, you know, I as I definitely don't, you know, don't don't want it seen as like him banking on family tragedy. But I do think that it would it would do a lot for him to to have to be able to come on Dark Side of the Ring and talk about it because of how big dark side of the ring has gotten and i think a lot of people would be interested in hearing his father's story for sure i think so and especially you know hearing it not from the wwe dvd perspective kind of thing yeah as we found out that's often bullshit (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the best thing about dark side of the ring really is like it, you know, like the Montreal Screwjob episode, we talked about this in that episode. You can go check it out right now on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, but, but uh, you know, shameless plug. But you know, we talked about in that episode that, you know, f- me personally, I was always on Sean's side of this thing. I was just like, Bret Hart was a dick. He wasn't honoring the, you know, age-old tradition of you you lose on the way out. You put the next guy over on the way out. Um, and you know, that, that always struck a nerve with me and it really affected my opinion of Bret Hart. But now seeing the, the truth of it, or at least way closer to the truth of it than we ever got from WWE about this, I, I, I definitely understand exactly why Bret felt the way he felt and why he did things the way he did them. And, and it really makes me not like Shawn Michaels. I mean, I really didn't like his work a lot before he came back anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think his body of work after he came back from the back injury uh, is. Oh, well, that was an amazing Shawn Michaels. I can't yeah. especially have one of the greatest, you know, matches I've ever seen with the undertaker. Yeah. I mean, um, if you ask me off the top of my head, like what's your favorite wrestling match of all time? The first match that's going to come to my mind is him and Kurt Angle at, at WrestleMania 21. Oh God, it was so good. That's the first match that's going to come to mind. I watched it just the other day, and it was still just as good as it was then. I mean, I that match is just—it is the perfect, like, story of the Olympic athlete going against the showboat, and they both try to do each other's styles. You know, Sean tries to wrestle with Kurt. Kurt brings in the flashy stuff against Sean. I mean, it just. God, it was just so good, and the the feud was good. The the and then the payoff was good, and and that's one of those things that's so rare anymore. Either the 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 feud, the build up, is not and don't good. Don't forget about sexy Kurt. Oh yeah, I how could you? Either the feud and the build up is good, and then the match disappoints, or the feud and the build up isn't any good, and then the match is great. But it's so right. rare anymore that you get all the hype and the build up, and then the match over delivers and it did man now i think they had another match at SummerSlam, and it was still like it uh, it was still an amazing match i mean it could main event any card but it just wasn't it couldn't be as good as the first one you know they just couldn't do it Uh, i i feel the same way about sean and taker about their their first meeting at 25 the build-up for it was like heaven versus hell kind of thing oh my god it just it wrote itself kind of thing yeah absolutely but we as we often do on this program we have gotten way off track uh (laughs) brian pillman is number three number four uh is somebody that you also are all probably very familiar with and that is none other than test yes 
Yes, and I, I suggested uh, this one as well. I, I thought about this one because he died from a drug overdose. And he was around that time when, you know, well, obviously the Benoit thing would happen a number of years later. Well, actually not too far from that. But around that time, Tess came from that era where it's just like you're running, you know, 800 miles a minute kind of thing on the – on the road with WWE, you can tell he abused steroids. I mean, like, there's some guys you can tell and you can't tell. When you looked at tests, it was like, okay, yeah, that guy's on steroids <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but they can, you know, they can talk about um, his, his background. Because remember, he didn't come, you know, from the indie scene or anything like that. He came from actually being a bodyguard for Motley Crue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whose uh, stadium tour was unfortunately just uh, pushed back to next year uh, due to the virus. I know because uh, my mom was going to go to that. And right. uh, they finally just announced that they were pushing that back. Anyway, uh, uh, I have a very short attention span, folks. But anyway, yeah, he so he passed in uh, 2009, I think. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, I mean, and he was definitely involved in a lot of angles that people, I mean, people definitely remember him. Uh, he did the infamous uh, TNA angle, uh, not TNA, but T and A. Uh, yeah. The Stephanie McMahon relationship. He was in the corporation, I think. Yes, he was. Uh, yes, and he then did. he played a major role in the big invasion angle that everybody remembers as well. He did, and I think the one that they would, if, if anything, there's two storylines that they would probably follow more than anything, which is uh, the anti-American that he did with, um, because I believe he was from Canada um, as well. I, I think he was. Yep, Ontario. Uh, yeah. So him, Christian, and Lance Storm were like doing the whole, you know, Canadians versus USA thing. And, like, there was a segment, there were two Raws, actually, in a row where they threatened to burn the American flag type of thing. So that one they would probably definitely focus on. Another one they would definitely focus on would be uh, the storyline that they did with uh, Stacey Keebler. Yes, I will never forget the the angle where, uh, you know, Hogan had the Hulkamaniacs, Kane had the Canaanites, uh, the Rock had the people, and then Stacy Keebler suggests that he call his fan base the testicles. <laughs> and you can, and and that that segment is just made even better by Jr. describing Vince McMahon's love of all things that you know, like toilet humor type stuff. You could just hear Vince McMahon just laughing his ass off as you know as that suggested to him. Oh God! But they get yeah. So there you go. They could definitely do that. That they'll probably also. I'm sure something happened to him while he was because he worked for TNA. Um, he did it. He did one pay per view with them and one matchup with them, which was uh, Sting and Abyss were in the matchup. So was AJ Styles and um, Tonko, and I believe Christian was in that as well. Um, and it was a cage match. And when you see Tess come out in that, you like he already looks like an inflatable action figure kind of oh, thing. Oh man! Like when you see him, 
like when I saw him on the DVD and, and this was like when he was alive and stuff like that. And I saw the DVD, I was like, Oh my God, dude, like that does not look good. Like you look like it looked like he was about to explode right then and there that like he could have just gone pop at any time and just like drop dead. Like that's how bad it looks. So yeah, I would say, I would say he, he'd be, he would be one that would definitely draw attention to, uh, uh, for viewers because people do know him. They know of the name. And anytime you say anyone from the attitude era, Immediately, people are going to tune in. And and random uh, trivia, he actually, when he did a short stint on the independent circuit and had a feud at a few different indie promotions with Samoa Joe. Really? So, yeah, so if they could get footage of that, I'll just put that out. I'll watch that. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm a huge mark for Samoa Joe. So. Yes. Um, all right, so, yeah, so number four is Test. Moving on to number five, this is somebody that I think we're definitely going to see something on at some point, and that is Mr. Mike Awesome. Yes, Um, unfortunately committed suicide. That exactly makes him very ripe for a Dark Side of the Ring episode, as so many of them end in the subject's tragic death. Um, You know, so uh, Mike Awesome is somebody that is really divisive. Like, everybody that I know that has an opinion on Mike Awesome, one way or the other, it's either he was, for lack of a better word, awesome, and, or <laughs> or they just thought he was awful. And I'm somebody who really loves, like, technical wrestling and stuff like that. We talked earlier about, you know, the Sean versus Kurt match. But there's just something about a giant guy that power bombs people obsessively that I just like. And <laughs> I'm just, I've always, yeah, I was always very entertained by him. I just was, and I, 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 I realized that he can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. I, re, I get it, but I'm in the you words of, to, right in the words of Vince Russo. I'm totally entertained right now. You know, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm very entertained. And you know, he had a, a, a pretty interesting career uh, in ECW. Uh, he, he wrestled in Japan considerably, I believe. Um, yeah. Um, in fact, it, it, just a little bit more backstory on that because I've I've seen some of his Japan work, and a lot of his Japan stuff comes from a promotion called FMW Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, which was basically ECW before. That's where East like like Paul Heyman watched FMW basically and said, "All right, I can Amer- like I can Americanize that basically." Mm. Um, he had a he had a working relationship as well with FMW, which is how he got Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And if you look at a lot of their matches and you look at the matches he just had in Japan, dude, the number of times that he got hit in the head with the steel chair, I lost count. Yeah. I right. mean, he probably was, you know, very much along the the Chris Benoit, you know, uh, situation where uh, he probably had multiple multiple concu- concussions throughout mm-hmm. his his time in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I would say that one. So you know, they would be talking about that. They would talk about you know him. 
they will talk about if, if they do it, they'll talk about his time in ECW, obviously, and how he became a huge star. But then they'll talk about how he betrayed ECW as well. Remember that he had yeah. the infamous, um, you know, at the uh, relaunch of Nitro with uh, the Bischoff and Russo era. He comes in and attacks Nash and he has he technically is still the, well not technically he is the ECW world heavyweight champion and he's still under contract so they'll talk about that and how that probably soured a lot of backstage relations uh with him yeah yeah i mean apparently he was owed money and he refused to re-sign with ECW until he was paid so if that's true then you know, I, I don't really begrudge him for that. Um, but, I you know, it, it, as short as his stint was in WCW, uh, you know, they had him as the fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome. Oh, God, that 70s guy. <laughs> fucking gold. Yeah. I mean, fucking gold. <laughs> I, I, awful, awful, terrible. Yes. But gold, but absolute yeah. gold. It's entertaining when you look back at it, especially when you hear Tony Giovanni on commentary go, is he playing to those girls? Oh, my God. <laughs> I I would give money for it, like, to have Jim Ross dub over some of that and just hear him have to be like, the fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure when he went to W, because he did go to WWE, but he only went there for the invasion angle. Yeah. Well, and so, and, and and one night stand. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, and he fought Masato Tanaka. And they had people. a damn good match, man. They did, but you go back and you watch it, and and you know how he ends up. You kind of look at that, and you might go, "Ooh, I don't know if all of those chair shots were a good idea." Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, there was he probably spot. had CTE. I mean, oh yeah, because there was a spot, and I remember like there was a spot that they did almost every time they wrestled, just the two of them, where they would literally just take the chair and just beat each other over the head with like senselessly. And then I remember also, I'm sure he probably had a bunch of neck um, problems as well because I've seen it to where like Masato would pick him up in the power bomb and would power bomb him over the ring ropes onto the floor, onto a table. And you can just see him like hit the back of his head on the concrete. That cannot be good for long-term, you know, growth basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He probably had CTE. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's almost a definite. Um, we'll never know, but I think it's almost a definite. And again, he would be one of those that just like New Jack would draw viewers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, full disclaimer, I am not a doctor. Uh, so I don't know if, for sure if he had CT or not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when they look back at it, he probably did. But who yeah. knows? And and that's what, you know, they could uncover with yeah. that episode. True. But, True. Here, but here's the question. Who would they get then to speak on his behalf? That's true. I mean, well, uh, for one, they could get New Jack. They could get Sandman. Both of them were incredibly entertaining. Um, is Tanaka Tanaka still alive, right? 
Tanaka, yeah, I believe he's still alive. I don't know if he speaks a word of English, though, like that. They could always translate for him. That's true. They could. You know. Um, I could see that one. I could see Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Because he did some stuff. Um, well, I guess not now that he's involved with WWE, but. True. You know. But, I mean, maybe Heyman could come on. Vince well. Russo. No, uh, hey, yeah, Russo for sure, but Heyman has not been on, right? Oh, yeah, no, he hadn't been on a single one. If they could get Heyman, then he would have been on the New Jack episode. So, so yeah, uh, Heyman is not trying to ruin his chances to continue to make money from WWE by being on Dark Side of the Ring, unless they pay him a shit ton, uh, which they might. I mean, they're they're sinking more money into the program, so. We'll see. Yeah, Vice might flip the bill for it. Yeah, we'll see. But but I mean, I, Sandman was such an entertaining guest. Uh, <laughs> uh, would love to have him on there. Rhino could could come on and speak about it. Rhino could definitely be uh, do one. You know, so there's a lot of people. They could get Kevin Nash on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Russo though, especially talking about WCW days. Where he we're, probably. We're always happy to get Russo on there. You know Russo's behind the Fat Chick Thriller. Oh, of course. Especially <laughs> that 70s guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, this next one is actually uh, one that I think that they could do a lot on, and that is the infamous Jerry Lawler-Andy Kaufman uh, feud, which, you know, I, I wonder if maybe this would be the – the venue for them to finally come out and say that it was a work completely because so many of the things that cover this, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, there's uh man on the moon, uh, that, that covers Tremendous it movie. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. But you know, a lot of the works that cover, you know, a lot of the different things that cover this feud, nobody really talks about how it was really a work. Because it's one of the best works of all time. The American public believed this wholeheartedly yeah. through and through. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, you look at the fam- the infamous Johnny Carson uh, on The Tonight Show. You know, The Tonight Show never covered, like, especially like back in those days, never even looked at wrestling like that. So yeah. for that segment to get on that show, like... Yeah, that's a big deal. You know, the, the thing is, though, what's funny about that, you should mention that they had this Netflix um, documentary on not necessarily the making of that movie, but what Jim Carrey did to tap into the character kind of thing, because he was in full um, character mode during that whole. Uh, he was a, he was a huge Andy Kaufman fan um, growing up. So like. He wanted to get in full character mode. And there was actually an incident where Jerry Lawler comes to film that scene and he's like, you know, refusing to work with him and stuff because he's in character mode, you know, and he thought that that's what Andy did. And Jerry Lawler tried to like get to him and say, hey, man, we didn't actually hate each other. You know, like, like, like we actually worked together to make this. That's why you think. You yeah. hate me kind of thing. So it is one of the greatest, if not the greatest works of all time. Yes. 
and I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they are willing to go into it or not, but I would be I would be beyond thrilled to see something like that. Now Lawler, of course, under contract. So um or that was my only thing is you have to have Jerry Lawler then for it. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do. Uh they could get plenty of other people, but and, and they probably could even get Jim Carrey. I was uh, gonna say they might could use him. But if you can't get Lawler, then I don't see you being able to effectively do this episode. Right. So, you know, unless they can, you know, unless unless he can get, you know, the okay from WWE to come on and talk about this, because I don't think there's a way for this to really portray them in a negative way. So maybe they would okay it, but I doubt they're going to do Vice any favors. Uh, I, I'm sure Vince McMahon fucking hates them. So... <laughs> Uh, but there's just well, so much can, of this, and and this is such a thing that he deal. can't control. That exactly, yeah, yeah. You're very right about that. Yeah, power uh, so, hungry. So that's like why he, you know, hates he hates anything outside of wrestling that talks about wrestling. You know that he can't control. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be the authoritative voice on what pro wrestling is in the yeah. world scary um and we almost didn't ended up in a world like that what's that oh i said didn't mean to cut you off by the way oh no it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh yeah but i mean there's just so much here and, and and the public was incredibly into this and it's so famous it's such a famous deal that people would watch it i thought you would bring in new viewers with it but once again the the kicker on this is can you get lawler because i don't know if you can make this without him so no you can't you you have to have him obviously for it so yeah all right so um number seven is a little bit different than um kind of everything else on the list so far uh but this is definitely something that's going to come up and it, it's possible that they even could um kind of wrap up uh wrap test and several other people into this if they wanted to cover it all together and that is the uh the, the wwf steroid trial um so you know this was a, a really famous event that kind of you know uh the you know we've talked a lot about how the media is just sitting around waiting for pro wrestling to be you know viewed in a more negative light and in 1993, um, you know, the New York district attorney um, or, or U.S. attorney, I think maybe even, um, you know, basically uh, charged Vince McMahon uh, with obtaining anabolic steroids for uh, use in WWF. Essentially, that they were not only uh, not monitoring whether or not the wrestlers were on steroids. This was way worse than that. They were obtaining and providing them for the talent. And there were so many people that were named uh, in that. I mean, you know, there was just, there was a lot. I mean, you know, Ultimate Warrior, obviously, is the first person that comes to mind because the dude was definitely using. Um, but, you okay. know... Hogan, Piper, um, you know, Vince himself, Jim Duggan. I mean, there was just a lot of people that were, that were on this and it was a huge deal and it almost brought the company down. Yes, it did. 
it was it was a big deal and i didn't realize like how big it was you know because i was just a kid at the time and then you know looking back at it and it really hurt wwe's business in the around 94 and 95 you started to see more and more attendance you know fading from wwe um they were still you know obviously creatively and stuff like that they were you know slipping but it was just the, the public's perception of it you know that they, they didn't really want to you know i guess support someone who they thought would do that uh yeah. kind of thing and you know that is to be quite honest when wcw made its rise because they took advantage of you know all of the negative press that wwe was getting and that and you know that's when hogan left and went to wcw that's when macho man left and went to wcw you know that's when you know the monday night wars started uh but it really begins though with the steroid trial um and it it, it was a big deal and it's such a it's a big deal because people don't really know what to think about it because on one hand it's like oh well you know steroids are used to cheat in sports and stuff like that especially baseball it's used to hit you know a home run harder you know it's in football it's used to you know make you run faster and stuff like that kind of thing or at least that's the general uh, thought but the, the the issue with steroids and wrestling is it's it's like can you really condemn them for using steroids because i mean they're not winning anything they're not actually competing on anything you know and so that's like that's always been the major issue and so yeah they could definitely i mean to me you know you could do a whole series on the steroid trial if you well, to. i mean it was illegal though you know, they were obtaining prescription drugs without prescriptions from a physician for talent to be used for purposes that no medical, no legitimate doctor would okay. You right. Know? So, I mean, that was kind of the point of it was that they were breaking the law here. Yeah. Uh, they were essentially trafficking drugs. I mean, that's how the federal government saw it. Allegedly, we have to, you know say i mean uh still which is something which is probably why they should do an episode uh on that you know so so we could get you know the full thing because you know the only thing that i kind of really know about this is from two places uh the vince mcmahon dvd because they obviously address it in his dvd and then the 50 years of wwe dvd um, they mentioned that, and I just I hate that little bullshit narrative in there from Stephanie McMahon. My father set us down as as children. Uh, there's you're gonna hear a lot of things. I'm gonna tell you what's true and what's not. I'm like, yeah, oh, oh okay, <laughs> what's true and what's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's any footage out there of that courtroom scene because allegedly the 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 courtroom like burst into like cheers when the not guilty verdict was read so yeah i mean i would be interested to see that if it exists so it might who knows but this is definitely high profile they could get the right people to talk about it and uh it was a big deal and it and you know they were 
probably actually guilty of it, but, uh, you know, neither here nor there. So number eight on this list has a very interesting tale. Uh, and this was another one that uh, I didn't even think of that you, that you brought up. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you, uh, talk about it. But number eight is none other than Louis Spicoli. Yeah. Um, so I suggested him, um, because I believe his death is drug overdose. Um, as well, I believe um, something is something close to it. But the reason I suggested him was because there was a rumor, and I'm not sure if it's a confirmed rumor, and and this would be something that they would address, and um, if they did it. But I was I always heard that Louis Spicoli was like, like like you know how how the guys were doing drugs he was supplying the drugs. Like he was like the ultimate drug dealer locker room guy. Yep. Um, for everyone. And he, he worked with, uh, someone that we are very fond of here on the show, Mr. Herb Abrams and the UWF. So he yeah. could, he could have been Herb Abrams cocaine dealer, in which case he would have been a very wealthy man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it, he would. But, um, I would say one of them that you would have to get for this episode would be Tommy Dreamer. Yep. Tommy Dreamer worked really close with Louis Spicoli. He has a lot of good things to say about Louis. In fact, he um, he has the DVD, but he doesn't call it the Death Valley Driver. He calls it the Louis Spicoli Driver. Or he yeah. called no, uh, he calls it the Spicoli Driver. Yeah. Um, Larry Zabisco. Uh, they, they had, a, he had a feud with Spicoli. Yeah. He did like a short thing with him and, um, and, uh, uh, Hall actually in, uh, in WCW, which therefore, you know, I said about the drug dealer guy, Scott Hall. Yeah. Either one of them would be good to come on and talk about yeah. this one. And, and, you know, they're not against, you know, you know, you, you kind of think, all right, so how famous is the person, right? And, and obviously, Louis McCauley is not, probably not, a, from a fame perspective, anywhere near anybody else on this list. But, I mean, they've done lesser lesser known folks, uh, especially yeah. when there's, well, yeah, especially when there's a twist on it, uh, such as this, where this guy was possibly dealing drugs to the locker room. Um, he died of a, um, of I believe it was somas and wine and they found like testosterone and pain pills and all kinds of stuff in his house. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, and he could have gotten hooked up with the wrong people too. Yeah. Yeah. There's no telling how, how it actually turned out, but I, I think they could, they could do a pretty interesting episode about him. And I think the right people could come on and talk about it. So, I mean, even if he himself maybe doesn't fit the exact bill, for it but the the tragic circumstances the the drug uh relationship or or perhaps what you know he could have been doing on the side uh, as well as getting the right people in the room to talk about it i think it it checks all of those boxes so i could i could see them doing an episode on this at some point and he also wrestled for multiple promotions right wrestled ecw ecw he even wrestled for wwe a yeah. little bit um, yeah, I mean, you know, he was a jobber in WWE, obviously, but um, yeah, so he, so 
that's why I said like like that's why it's such a huge rumor that he was this big time drug guy because um, literally throughout every promotion, I think they would go to him to get their drugs. Yeah, or a, a number of them. I don't, you know, not necessarily all of them, but a number of guys would go to him. So yeah, I mean, Vampiro can't sell everything. <laughs> Yeah, he, he probably should be should be on this list, but spoilers, he isn't. But Vampiro, we, we'll talk about. We can get to that. Uh, yeah, think about him. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, number eight, Louis Spicoli. Number nine. Um, so this is an interesting one, uh, and this is somebody that probably should have been higher up on the list. Earlier, I mentioned that we would be shocked if China didn't get an episode. Um, and this is probably the the number two person on the list as far as that goes, that if they don't get an episode, season three or four, that I would be absolutely just floored that they've overlooked this person. And it is that would be Ashley Massaro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he unfortunately also, as we know, uh, committed suicide. Um, God, it's just ugh. it's a bad trend in wrestling, man. And you know the 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 tragedy is there, um, you know, um, you know she, um, I think she did what like a um, a, it was a drug overdose, intentional drug overdose. Yeah, it's something like that. I, I think so. Um, but she and and you know it, it. You might think, well, well, what? I mean, you know, just because they commit suicide or something like that, what? You know, what else is there to talk about? Well, the fact that she did the uh, diva search at the time and she won, but she was not their ideal type of diva. Right. She was the punk rock, you know, kind of thing. Um, I know for a fact they made her get boob implants. Hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, because, because I mean, because I know that she got them, but I, I'm pretty sure that she got them after she won, like, well, to do the search and became a diva. WWE was definitely famous for uh, either heavily suggesting for the talent to do that or even – you know, pressuring them to do it or yeah. demanding that they do it. So that's, yeah. so, that's definitely something that could be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was, uh, she was on survivor. Even she was on a season of survivor, uh, which I heard know, that. yeah. In the days, uh, China, Taiwan, something like that. One of those, um, she was on one of those as well. Uh, she had a, a, you know, a short career, but the time that she was on screen, uh, she was p- very heavily featured. She was definitely pushed uh, heavily. She was champion. Yeah. So I mean, there's you know there's there's a lot there, uh, you know, for her to uh, uh, for them to talk to on the you know talk about in this episode about her. And there's tons of people they could bring on. Uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, anybody that worked with her in the Diva Search, anybody that worked with her in WWE at the time or after. Um, uh, her daughter is, uh, is still around. Uh, she uh, was, yeah, she, she was also part of a, uh, major, uh, class action lawsuit against WWE. So they could, they could go into that on the episode. Yeah. And they could probably talk, 
and you might could even have this person on there. I don't know how I don't know how in good taste it would be, but they could have Reba uh, Rebuy Hardy um, because <sighs> towards the end, um, in fact, I want to say like a week before she committed suicide, she was in like a little Twitter feud with Rebuy Hardy. In fact, there is there was rumors. I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not. It might be true more than likely, but there was talks that Matt Hardy was getting drugs from Ashley Marceau. Mighty even even had an affair with her, which is why Rebuy Hardy does not like her and said very mean and awful things even after she died kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they definitely shouldn't get her on there, but... That. They didn't put that on, but I but I feel as though they probably will address like that right. situation because that has to have something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I looked it up here, and and actually, um, she was a, a suicide by hanging. It was not a drug overdose. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, oh. I mean, this one is ripe for dark side of the ring. There's so much tragedy around it. Um. You know, so it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, uh, but she definitely would be somebody that would, you know, that could be, um, you know, that, that could be talked about for an hour. Uh, you know, she, she made a lot of uh, pop culture appearances. She was on Extreme Makeover. She was on Smallville. We talked about her being on Survivor. So she was a celebrity. I mean, you know. She made an appearance in Red Theory's music video. I know that. Yeah. So I definitely would be interested in seeing an episode about her. And, I, you know, she she's her death was, you know, feels like it was incredibly recent. Because, uh, I mean, it was, uh, what, uh, 2019, just last year? Well, I thought it was 2018. Um, I could look it up here. No, uh, May 15th, 15th, 2019. It's barely been okay. a year. There you go. Wow. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's still on a lot of people's minds and I could see them doing an episode about it. Yes, I could definitely see it. All right. Moving right along. Number 10 on the list. And this one, uh, sort of, you know, every season they do an episode, uh, that's sort of featured around an event or an organization like uh, they did UPW. They did the Brawl for All, uh, or not UPW, UWF. Why am I thinking UPW? Uh, so n- number 10 is the fall of XPW. Yeah. <laughs> I suggested this one. And the reason I suggested this one, all right, because people might think, well, well, who, you know, who really cares about that? The reason why is because I feel as though if you looked into XPW, there is more to this because it's when I say this, I'm not exaggerating. It is literally owned by people. Well, it was owned, I should say. It was owned by people who ran the porn industry. Or who were in the porn industry. Rob Black uh, was the owner of XPW. And he had produced porn, literally. His wife, uh, who who was Lizzie Borden in XPW, and I believe is her, uh, well, I guess her 
porn name, I guess, but she she had never stepped foot uh, in a wrestling ring a day in her life before XPW. And um, yeah, she was in porn. So uh, I feel as though they should do this one because I cannot for the life of me think that this promotion was run by people who knew what they were doing. I mean, because I've seen the footage of XPW it's some of I th- like if you think Vince Vince Russo stuff is actually good compared to XPW. All right, like it's just it it was an awful promotion, and I, and I for the life of me cannot think that like because what they wanted to do was they wanted to combine extreme hardcore wrestling. You know, and not just hardcore wrestling, but like Japanese style death matches with basically hot chicks, you know, porn, basically. And um, they thought that it was a formula that could work. Obviously, it did not. I mean, it didn't draw flies, (laughs) basically. Um, And I cannot see anyone that was there that was qualified to make sure that these guys had a safe match kind of thing. Um, in yeah. fact, if you really want to look at it, look at the new Jack Vic Grimes incident that yeah, we which, talked about. Yeah, the, the infamous scaffold incident where Vic Grimes was almost murdered by New Jack on television happened yeah. in XPW. Yeah, so you think it's someone qualified to run a wrestling business would book that match or would even suggest that match or would have a way... It's like, 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 let's say someone did get seriously injured. Who's going to help them? Like, like there, to me, there was not a trained medical staff. They could say that there was, but there definitely wasn't kind of thing. Um, so I just feel as though, yeah, there's got to be a lot of good stuff here because, um, like I said, I heard stories about XPW. I've seen their footage. let let, let me just say this about XBW that sums it up, all right? One of their matches, which was a pay-per-view, by the way, you had to pay to see this matchup, was called a Raw Sewage Match. Yeah. So basically, uh, kind of like a hog pin match, only with Raw Sewage. Fucking <laughs> awful. There's there's not a booking fee in the world, my friend. Uh, there's just not. I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah. So I wasn't really, I wasn't hugely familiar with this until you told me about it. And then I started looking into it. And I mean, Rob Black and Lizzie Borden were into some incredibly just off the wall shit. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff that she's directed, like her porn work, like is just way off the rails. Uh, yeah. no judgment, whatever you're into, but way off the rails. Um, and yeah, there, there is definitely plenty that they could uncover here and, and they could frame it in a very similar way that as they did to her Abrams in the UWF. Yeah. Now Rob Black is still living. He is not dead or yeah. anything. Lizzie Borden too, I think. Right. Yes. Uh, she, she's still living as well. Um, I believe they're still married. Um, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. But um, the last I heard, Rob Black is working at a burger joint. He's mm. like the manager of a burger joint or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's actually a very successful 
Berger plays. I don't know. But I just feel like, you know, I said the raw sewage. There's actually one that's even worse than that for XBW. There is a there is literally a segment, a ba- not a backstage promo, but a, a promo nonetheless, where they basically recreate the clockwork orange house scene. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, from like back in the day where he's singing, I'm singing in the rain, and he yeah. attacks the old couple and like rapes the girl, basically. Yeah, they tried to do that with GQ money and some other people. Like, like actually, they tried to do that on Lizzie Borden, and I went, what is this? Like, it, oh, I just don't understand. Like, even Vince Russo would look at that and go, bro, that's too much of a swerve, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way, way too much, bro. <laughs> bro. I'm totally not entertained by this. <laughs> totally not. <laughs> but the, that's one. I just feel as though if, if you wanted to do one that would just allow you to be sit back and be kind of entertained by this fledgling promotion. Totally entertained. That would be one. <laughs> that would be one. I th- so so I, I feel strongly about that one. I'm like I'm like yeah, you could do that one, and it wouldn't piss anyone in WWE off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So well, yeah, folks. I mean that's uh that's our ten that's our ten list. So uh you know that's that's our predictions for season three of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh you know when they come out with the episode list, we'll probably talk a little bit about how accurate we were and maybe we'll do a preview episode where we kind of make some predictions about the episode list i think it'll be a while uh probably next year before we get an official episode list um you know there were some other people that we considered for this list um that for whatever reason they didn't meet either didn't meet the criteria we were looking for or we just didn't think there was enough uh for an episode about them uh, so we could definitely talk about some of them now. Earlier we mentioned Jake Roberts. And one of the things we talked about with Jake is, you know, we talked about the different criteria. Well, is there enough material to uncover about Jake Roberts that he hasn't spoken publicly about uh, often or hasn't already been covered in a, the documentary? And and I think that it fails that one hard because I, Jake Roberts, I, I saw him speak um, at Dragon Con last year, and it was one of those things where it was life-changing. I mean, it definitely changed my life, just hearing him tell his story, sitting 10 feet from him. The guy was, I mean, it was just one of those people where you you sit out and listen to him talk, and it literally changes you, and I will never forget that experience. But on that same note, it's like the guy's already come out and talked about pretty much everything that's happened with him. So I don't know if... While I do think it would still be an entertaining episode, and I would I would gladly sit down and watch and do an episode of of this show about it, I just don't oh. know if there's enough to uncover. Yeah, I th- th- that was my feeling as well. That like you know we it, it, obviously he has a story that they could do. It, it, it'd be it'd be very easy to do one on him, but I think that we've already heard everything that there is to hear from his story kind of thing. I don't think that he's been shy um, about telling his story over the past few years and stuff like that. 
Um, you know, and and I mean, you know, his his transformation, his recovery, it's not even something that he himself needs to talk about, even for himself, kind of thing. You know, like 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 some of these episodes are done, like especially the Benoit episode. A lot of those guys in the Benoit episode had to talk about it because they were like, if we don't talk about this, you know, we're going to explode, kind of thing. Like like we've been bottling all of this up, kind of thing. But with Jake, you know, we pretty much seen him say everything, and man, you know, his his story is so good because I mean, you look at what he's doing in AEW. And, you know, he, he looks like a completely different man, you know, kind of thing. He has a new outlook on life, and he is still the best promo in this business. I don't care what anyone says. And, and, and you know, it would be nice to have one of these episodes with a, a happy ending, you know, <laughs> that actually has like a good, you know, it's a dark story, but has a good ending. And there's not a lot of those. No. Um, so, and- you know, I would watch it for sure. Uh, we talked about um, we talked about Scott Hall, uh, and, and as I mentioned him, I also want to mention this that one of the things we discussed was kind of the fall of WCW, and how they could really, if they wanted to do an episode about that, they really could incorporate like Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, a lot of people's stories. They could kind of incorporate them into that, um, you know, in, into that sort of fall of WCW storyline. But once again, that has been covered in detail. But but most of the time that it's been covered, like a lot of these other things, like the Montreal Screwjob, it's been covered in within WWE's lens. So I would definitely be interested in seeing that covered outside of there. Yeah, and, and, and Scott Hall, you know, just like Jake Roberts, has been pretty open um, about his problems as well. Um, you know, we, we know pretty much where it started, um, his problems, which actually wasn't in the ring. It was before that, you know, out in the nightclub, uh, kind of thing, you know, uh, he, unfortunately, you know, he was defending himself, you know, kind of thing, but, you know, he had, he killed a guy basically, um, and, you know, it's he said that it's something that he's had to live with every day of his life, even though people have told him, like, hey, man, you know, I understand it's a, tra- you know, tragic event, but you had no choice. It right. was you or him kind of thing. Um, so, you know, they could go into that. If anything, the best thing for Dark Side of the Ring for that story would be... Um, his storyline in WCW where even Bischoff who probably on the episode will say this as well, that like, you know, he used it as a storyline and he regrets doing that. He was just like, I wish I, I wish I had never done that kind of thing. Um, So I could see that I could see, you know, here's another reason I said that it might not be Scott Hall is because he's already had a 30 for 30 on ESPN that covered a lot of this as well. So I'm not sure. I mean, he could still, he's definitely a good candidate uh, for sure. But I just, I think that there's so much more stories that they could tell that we don't know, as opposed to, you know, the ones that we already do know. Like, it's like, if I saw a story on Scott Hall, it'd be, I would watch it. But at the same time, I'd be like, well, I already know all this. Same, same goes for, um, you know, for Flair. Uh, yeah, 
he's pretty much come out about all of his stuff and it's been heavily covered to outside of the lens of WWE. Um, we also, let's see, who else can we talk about? I, I would you like know to see. One I just thought of, actually, yep. one What's I just that? thought of for some reason, Paul Orndorff. Hmm. Because yeah. he, he, he injured his neck, and there was a pay per view in WCW in Fall Brawl 2000 where legit on air he suffered like complications. Um, I don't know exactly what happened because I've never watched the pay per view. I, I might I'll have to try to stomach my way through it <laughs> one of these days, but um, yeah, like I remember, like you know, you could tell that like one side of him is complete looks completely different from the other because uh, he 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 can't you know uh, I guess physically do what he could uh, what he could do at one point, so he could be he could be another one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Orndorff for sure. Uh, he would be a good one that that could possibly be talked about. I would really like to see an episode about Hogan. Um, and this is one of those where can they get the right people to talk about it? But Hogan's, you know, it, it, he, all his politicking over the years, him being exposed as a blatant racist, uh, him giving the fakest apology backstage uh, to the locker room about it, basically the apology wasn't, you know, he, what he should have come out and said, he should have come out and said, yes, I said those racist things. I, you know, I do not feel that way. I'm trying to be a better person. Something like, along those lines. Instead, Instead, I don't, I didn't know that I was being filmed. Yeah. It doesn't it, matter it, whether or not you were being filmed. You shouldn't have said it. Yeah. That all that does is solidify the fact that you meant those things that you said, because you thought you weren't being recorded. Yeah. And, you know, his basically the whole thing was definitely, you know, you guys in this modern day, you got to make sure you're not being recorded. Dude, no. <laughs> like, it, it's like the guy doesn't even understand the severity of what it is that he's actually done. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I do think he's a racist. And I do think that there's a ton they could talk about here about his politics over the years. But I don't know, once again, I don't know if you can get the right people to talk about it because you'd ha to me, you need someone who was present at that backstage meeting where he gave the fake apology. Most of those people still under contract, maybe not all of them. Um, mm -hmm. You need uh, a lot of people that were kind of around him, you know, uh, which, you know, Hogan himself has been on the show. Uh, his wife has been on the show. They both... You know, something to add to it. They both just got banned from AEW. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that from Tony Khan, and I and I agree with his explanation as to why. I fucking love Tony Khan, man. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So uh, on that note, you know, we're talking about the Mega Powers. Uh, Ultimate Warrior is another guy that they really could cover. Oh um, yeah. From all the stuff with WWE, I mean. Obviously, the you know they did the whole fall the Ultimate Warrior WWE thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Rise and Fall. That was no the Ultimate Destruction mm, of yes. the War. That DVD was pretty damning, and I'm surprised he had anything else to do with them after they came out with it. But well, I mean, a number of years. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty to to go into with that. 
Um, what one thing I would love for them to talk about is how the Warrior Award was so you know bastardized um, because he wanted it to be like a backstage like no name person that is like critical to the shows being put on that like never gets any kind of spotlight or recognition uh and they completely twisted it into being this kind of like charity you know wwe or these angelic people that help out the community bullshit award uh and that's nothing like what he he recommended or what he yeah said. but I, I will say this real quick on that just a side note if anyone deserves that award this year, it's Chad Gaspar. Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. And if he doesn't get it, then, I mean, I'll be pissed. I don't watch their product anyway, but I'd be pissed. Yeah. So, um, it, but but who else I, do you have? I think that he, real quick, on the Ultimate War, I, like, not just about that DVD, but if you've listened to everyone that has talked about him from Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, um, hell, Vince Russo, even, you know, just a lot of people, Bruce Pritchard. He was not a nice guy. I mean, he was like, they said, you know, he used disrespectful language and tone in front of women and children uh, behind the scenes. He was not a well-liked guy. So, that yeah, to me that right there, he, he'd be an ultimate candidate for Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's pretty much everybody that I had. Um, uh, Marty Zanetti would be a good one. Um, we don't really have to go into why. I don't. I don't feel like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, uh, did you have anybody else that would be an honorable mention to our list? Um, I, I, you know, I can't think of anyone other than like what I said, like Paul Orndorff, I think, you know, we have to add him to the list. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there's a bunch of people that, that we're missing out on. Um, I thought about this one. I thought about, you know, FMW, mm. the whole company as a whole, because, um, they were, you know, they were involved in all of the death matches and especially like the exploding death matches, um, any type of things like that. And it really messed a lot of people up who were involved in those matches. And ultimately their product suffered because of it, because it didn't get any bigger um, with having all of that. Um, the only problem I think would be with FMW is, you know, and I'm not trying to sound funny, but half of the people are dead <laughs> that right. pretty much worked there. So, um, I, you know, I don't know if they could do that one, but I thought of that one. And the other half don't speak English. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we, we talked about Chris Canyon. We talked about Magnum TA. Canyon. Um, those were both kind of on our, uh, you know, alternates list. I said Magnum TA would not work, though, in my opinion, because his was not really a ringside tragedy kind of thing. His was just a freak accident, like he just he got in a wreck kind of thing. Well, Savage, though, is, was the same way. But he's a little bit more prolific than, exactly. than he, Magnum he TA. He had a little bit more history, whereas Magnum TA, you know, you just... I mean, you talk to anyone about Magnum... If anything... 
if anything, what they could do with that then, they could do a whole rivalry with him and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, and and Tully could come on the episode. So could Tessa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. she, I'm sure she has a unique perspective on it because she's like, I have two fathers, basically. Is she still the TNA champion? Yes, she is. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't even been on the damn thing, too, because she's been entrapped in Mexico during this quarantine. <laughs> oh, man, that's awful. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I that shows you how much I watch TNA, folks. Mm. Uh <laughs> What, but I, you know, I think I think we've covered this extensively. So I, I'm I'm very interested. I've I've got our list saved. So I'm very interested uh, when they do announce the episode list for us to come back and kind of look at this and and see you know which ones we got right, and uh, and for us to speculate a little bit about the ones that maybe we haven't talked about. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it, it's been a great series. Um, I will say that if you try to binge watch Dark Side of the Ring. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. It will take, because I'll be honest, like, you know, when, when we started doing this, you know, and, and and we had to watch multiple ones back to back, it was like, ooh, it, it, it can it can mess with you a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, we don't, we have, we don't really talk a, a lot about like kind of the behind the scenes on this. But, you know, we started doing this. We, we did two episodes at a time. We would record two episodes and we air one a week. Uh, and we stopped doing that, uh, not only because we would run out of material faster, but also because it is like, it's kind of depressing to sit here for three, three and a half hours and talk about this stuff right after watching two hours of it. And then Dave Foster was on last week and, you know, he... <laughs> He's one of the cheeriest, like brightest, like just light up the room type people. And he had watched like two, three episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, and he was just so down when, when yeah. he joined us on the show. Yeah, not to, not to laugh at your despair. <laughs> I, I, but it, it it's so true. I mean, you know, because I I remember um, specifically like like I've already watched the Owen Hart one. I'm going to have to go back and watch it obviously again, which I am not looking forward to doing again. I'm and putting it off I as long it. as possible. Yeah. I watched it. And like, I, what was funny was I was watching like some attitude era raw, uh, before that or something like that. Um, I don't know, just really randomly I was watching it. I went to go back and watch it after watching the dark side of the ring i was like you know i i can't i can't do anything wrestling right now i just i can't it's too depressing after a while so um i'm you know i'm looking forward to covering it still but at the same time i'm also like dreading it i'm like oh it's just it's It's just tragic yeah i mean i'm really looking forward to making it a really special episode um you know I definitely want to have a guest on that has a special connection to uh, to him or was a you know very big fan of his. Um, so you know we we're we're definitely going to talk about that uh, off mic, and you know I want oh. it to be a really special episode. I want it to be uh, you know monumental, just like you know, just like he was, and just like that episode was. There's a reason it it ended season three. Um, but I am in no hurry to watch it again. No, no, 
No. It made me oh. never want to give another penny to Vince McMahon or the WWE for any reason. Um, and I was already kind of on that slope anyway, but I mean, you know, I just, I, I disliked WWE because they, for what they've done to professional wrestling, but this is like a, a hatred because I feel like Vince McMahon's negligence literally killed one of the kindest and most talented human beings in the history of the business. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll get into all that. I can't wait to get into all of that because yeah, that because for years, all we've heard it was from the WWE side. And it, it, it makes me know, sick just talking about it. <laughs> do what? It makes me sick just talking about it. Yeah, I know. It, it's just, ugh. It, it, it just, it brings bad vibes to me right now, which is why I support AEW. <laughs> A shameless plug. Yeah. Well, well man, uh, we've been at this for about an hour and a half. So, right. uh, you know, that being said, uh, l- let everybody know what you got going on on Stovall Wrestling Network. Yeah, man. Uh, we're still doing it. We're still talking about wrestling. Um, you know, if, if you just want to have some fun talking about wrestling, not really, you know, dissecting things or anything like that, but just having fun, you know, being fans, talking about it uh, and stuff like that, then please join me on the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network, as part of TMB Studios. And I have a brand new podcast that is coming out. And it will be not on wrestling. Can you believe that, James? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna take a break. You're gonna tell me this man is gonna take a break from watching professional wrestling. That's how you know we are in the end times, folks. <laughs> ah, yes, that's basically it. But um, yes, I will be I will be having another podcast, and it will be on the Power Rangers. You heard me right. The Mighty Morphin freaking Power Rangers. And not just the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but all the Power Rangers. Me and uh, my and my co-host, the ace of everything, Mr. Quentin Thicklin. Yeah, I'm calling him the ace of everything. <laughs> Who, and that's got a nice ring to it. And and he's been on this uh, program. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, the way his mind works is just amazing. Uh, and, yeah. and I'm actually going to gonna give him a bit of a shout out right now. Um, so... Uh, you know, this program is part of Entertainment Evolved. Um, so, uh, and what that is, is this is, it's a promotional network where we promote different things. This show is part of it. Uh, we have another show called Know You Are that's part of it that talks about like politics and current events and things like that. And then also an- uh, another part of that is uh, uh, Superhero Homies, which uh, the host of Superhero Homies is none other than, as Caleb just said, the ace of everything. Uh, Quentin Ficklin, he uh, or superhero homie Q, check that out, man. That guy is just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, I was in an argument the other day about DC Comics. We're talking about something about Batman, and I was like, "Don't make me call Ace. I'll call him right now." (laughs) And they were they were like, "No, no, no. I believe you." (laughs) (laughs) They backed off. I mean, they just know. I mean, the guy is a treasure trip. So him and his co-host Kevin uh, are both. I mean. They just have such a – if you like superhero stuff, Marvel, DC, any of that, check that show out, man. They they just – they number one, they have like like 200 hours of content uh, yeah. that, that you can check out. But, I mean, it, they're, it's all top-notch, really well-produced, 
really well done. So yeah, I've checked out that show um, uh, before. It, it's a really good podcast. Um, I, I, I like that, especially you know if you want to find like a superhero type podcast uh, to check out. But and that's why I chose him for uh, the Power Rangers uh, podcast that we are launching, and I believe it's going to be called uh, Go Go Power Rangers podcast. Uh, we were originally going to call it Angel Grove Radio. Oh, man, I like that, though. But, yeah. I would have done that. However, we did the research, like, when we tried to upload it or something like that. And uh, it showed that, oh, yeah, this one's already taken. So we had to change it. Uh, but I believe that's what it's going to be called. But that's why I picked him for this uh, podcast, because he is a huge Power Rangers fan, just like I am. So it, it's going to be great. I can't wait to dive into that. And, it, and you know, it, it'll it'll be happy subjects, too. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be yeah. Awesome subjects. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. So so, so I've, I've got a few things going on. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we're, we're very busy. Uh, and, you know, I, I I love doing this podcast, man. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's probably one of the highlights of my week. But the subject matter is just it's it's fucking dark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you stuck around with us this long, everybody, thank you. Uh, Caleb, thank you for joining me each and every week right here. Uh, no and, uh, you know, check, check him out on SWN, uh, check out the, the power Rangers podcast when it comes out and, uh, check out entertainment evolved. And this has been an evolved review. <laughs>